what's up, pretty babies? I'm Gio. And I'm Bart. And this is an episode of Get Close. So let's do it. And today we got a really special episode. It's a Q&A episode. Because I feel like a lot of you guys always want to talk to us, um, but we don't really get that opportunity. So I posted on my Instagram story, what would you like to know? I talk to them all the time. Well, maybe it's just me then. It's just you. Thank you. And so they asked a bunch of questions, and uh, I picked a bunch of them. And hopefully we can get through all of them, or some of them, and we'll see. You ready? I might just do a <laughs> random, random one. Okay. Okay. Ooh. Oh no. Damn. It's oh, getting shit. down there real quick. Okay. Brutus and Rangers asks, oh. "How do you guys make time for intimacy? Seems like you guys are always so busy." We definitely are pretty busy, folks. But what has helped from my perspective is uh, we have a schedule for things. So we wake up and lucky for us right now, we have our, our, our gym in our garage. So we're able to train together. So even though like I'm training, that's like a really cool intimate moment that I get to spend with you. Cause I, Oh, you don't need to talk about fucking. Oh, is that what they're talking about? I mean, what does intimacy mean? Doesn't that just, isn't that a fancy word for doggy style? I think maybe, uh, fuck. Then how do we find time? Well, at night, that's when the fucking, or in the we middle of the day. We never do it at night. I know we're so tired. Yeah. No, but let, so yeah, let's tired. go. Let's go with what you're talking about. So what are you talking about? And, and, All right, then you son of a bitch. Why do you cut me off? Derail the whole thing. This is really intimate right now. Yeah. And then you're like, but you're talking about fucking. So I'm like, okay, let's talk about fucking. Then so you're like, well, there's no talk about fucking. We're talking about emotional intimacy. Um, I, I just think. So the way I took the question is just how do you find time to spend quality time together? together. Okay, you do yours. I'll do mine. Go. That's what I was trying to do, dude. This is quality time right now. It's not. Um, <clears throat> so what I was saying was, so like when I get to train with you, I actually enjoy it because like I, I've never been the type of girl that likes to just veg out in a relationship like i like doing it occasionally like what's vegging out like, just like watching tv on the couch yeah like not doing shit like just sitting around you know and like lounging all the time like i remember seeing my family members and when they had relationships it was like that it was like the same thing like come over and sit on the couch and just watch movies and eat and like sit on the couch again and like not much would happen you know, and and, I, and I'm pretty sure a lot of that was because our parents and our aunties and uncles were like really strict. So I'm sure that's where that comes from. But I think just viewing it that way, I'm like, oh, that's just so boring. So once in a while, I do like to veg out and sit on the couch and watch movies or whatever. But they it's might very just want to hang. Maybe they just want to hang. But all the time, I can't do it. That's uh, not my I style. See, and I I'm see. not saying that there's anything wrong with that style. Yeah. If that's what if that's what brings you pleasure, dude, by all means, do you. But for me, that's never been my style. I see. So like, um, I like doing things. And by doing things, I don't necessarily mean like go shopping or like go to amusement parks or whatever. I like experiences. I consider that an experience. Yeah. And those I like, f like not all the fucking time either because that could be very stressful. But I just like either like a hobby or like training for me is a hobby now. Like it's fun. So like, like I get to make myself better and I get to do that with my partner. Like that's fucking rad. You know, like I like that we get to share these things. And um, that for me is like an intimate time that I get to spend with you because like we get to see each other in a different light, like just fucking going balls to the walls and like hating shit or failing or being down or or angry or whatever. Right. So like I get to experience you in such a in such a like controlled bubble. I like that. Um, and then we have like our lunch break together. So we don't necessarily work in the, on the same things. Like, yes, we work in the same company, but we're like separate departments way different departments um that when we do get to sit together it's like co-workers like at a lunch like in the lunch room yeah and, and like we're together we're not like on our phones we're not working if anything we, we're probably venting about work or we just probably try not to talk about work at all and we just try to connect as people that to me is also intimate time and then at night when we finally get to put the monkey man to bed you and i like will spend time together um and like uh like that, that those 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 little blocks of time are pretty sacred to us. Well, to me at least, that like I I just like being next to you and like 
sharing you know my little world with you and then hearing your about your world yeah i agree i think with the intimacy the emotional intimacy that's i feel the exact same way but going back to the doggy style question <laughs> um, yes it did happen on a tuesday um and i think it did happen on a wednesday as well <laughs> <laughs> so yeah i think for us um uh having sex at night is that's very difficult because once you run businesses together and have a toddler and then have a toddler and then now my dad lives with us so now there's an additional person we're another caring toddler for. yeah there's like <laughs> a kidding. lot of stuff you know so by the time we get to our bed at the end of the night we're exhausted and we're trying to train our ass off so there's just and we're every fighting. every ounce of additional energy or calorie that we have is used up so the times where we try to plan sex at night doesn't happen. But what we do realize is midday, um, both me and Gio's hormones are working real good. <laughs> so if that's synced up, then, hey, it could happen, you know. On so. a Tuesday and, and a Wednesday. Wednesday. Ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, and you know what I think also helps with that? What? Actually, the fact that we're not eating like fucking assholes. Really? Because we've been on a shitty diet. Yeah. Well, you more so Anything than me. Anything fucks up your hormones? I 100% think it really fucks with your hormones. Because as soon as I started cleaning up my diet again, um, I'm going like, ooh, I'm feeling a little bit saucy. I really do think. You think it's the... Because I eat like a fucking asshole. When I let go, fucking... You think, it's the, you think it's the diet or the training? The hard, consistent training? Oh, maybe training. the training too because like... Our training before, at least my training before, was very powerlifting focused, which is very heavy, but like once in a while. And then you go back to like slow reps. Yeah, but this one's like a lot of movement. Yeah, yeah. Maybe that's like also like doing a little boosty boost. And I think I'm, we're also getting, we're trying to get shredded. So like we're also looking good. So we're feeling more confident. Yeah, it's a lot. Yeah. There's uh, definitely like the hormonal, physiological, and spiritual. Cool. Um, that was a funny question from Aloha yours. Where's your next forever home? <laughs> I actually really like Vegas and it's just so funny that it's a joke now. And yeah, we've called it a forever home. But at this rate, I don't think we consider anything forever because just the way the world appears to be right now is pretty fucking dysfunctional and like volatile so for me, I'm like, nothing is forever. What's awesome is um, <laughs> I love it when our viewers are also in on the joke where we're like, is this your forever home? Yeah, like the fucking Schneiders. And like they talk about that. Like, ooh, that bag of Schneiders looking really sexy. And I'm like, God damn it, Bar, why'd you have to make that goddamn joke? Yeah, so I think for us, um, I think it's what's really interesting is we're at the cusp of really big change right now. And when I say us, I'm talking about like our generation because like the whole forever home concept, it's that is our intention. You know, that's what we want because that's what we know from the past. Right. So like the people that are maybe even like your oldest sister's generation or our parents generation, it's OK, cool. Time to settle down. What's a Build your city? Roots. You know, yeah. my mom's always talking about your roots. Yeah. Like what's the city? What's the school? What's the community environment? You want to go. Like you stick the, the stake in the sand stays there for and years. we're here forever. Right. And uh, so I think with that intention, because we grew up in that generation, yeah. that's I mean, like, frankly and honestly speaking, stability, that really is what we're after. Yeah. Right. So even when we got our, uh, our first forever our home, first forever home, <laughs> which was out there in L.A. in like East L.A. area, um, we looked at everything, schools, amenities, drive to the gym, drive to the office. We looked at the community, looked at the high school, junior high and elementary school, uh, commuting distance from your mom's house, from my dad's house. Like we considered so much distance from the airport because we know we travel like literally everything, you know, and we're like, OK, this is it. And we built like a dream backyard like that backyard is so awesome. It's big. Play play basketball swimming pool friends come over we use the hot tub you know oh i thought you were talking about the first first forever no, no, that home. one that one i knew it was not a forever home true because that you one so did i so knew, did i that was a starter we home knew, yeah, yeah, yeah we yeah, knew yeah. that we we're knew. gonna outgrow it right, real fast right. um so yeah so we did all that right and then that was literally at 
before the pandemic. During the pandemic, the biggest thing that sprouted from that is the entire work remote uh, movement, right? From the point where like, like we have a buddy now who just got hired at Facebook and he was, he was like, I'm going to go live in Indonesia. And I'm like, what? You can do that? You don't got to like work in Silicon Valley? He goes, no. Majority of these positions are work wherever you want as long as you're in you're working in the same time zone um it's completely cool and so i think we literally are at the cusp of this giant shift in how many offices in our building are vacant now yeah how many of our friends are going like well i have a, a like my partners in you know this state this other person's in this state our graphic designers in this country yeah yeah like we yeah, we're literally at this giant paradigm shift in uh the way businesses are ran, yeah. the way people live. Like I know so many uh, uh, businesses now that are in seven or eight figure range, like high seven to low eight figure range. And then I'm picking their brains and I'm like, so you guys don't have a HQ? Like, nope. And I'm like, where does this person live? Oh, Michigan. Where does this person live? Oh, Philadelphia. Where does this person live? Florida. I'm like, what the? I'm like, so how long have you guys been operating like that? I'm like, oh, like past eight years. I'm like, what? So now like the business entity is just the agreement that this is what we're all going to do, but that they have no corporate office or anything like that. I've met so many businesses like that. Yeah. Oh yeah, my graphic designer is in Malaysia or this guy's in over there. And I think because of that, as much since we do have a kid, as much as we do want to have our roots and have that uh, community, that community and achieve the feeling of a forever home. Yeah. I don't even know if that's, practical or uh if that's really going to be the case even though i think for us that's something we in our heart of hearts we want to chase after yeah i just don't know if things are set in stone not just for us but in this generation as it was before yeah i agree yeah absolutely agree um but so far i really do like nevada and vegas and the people in it um and the people running it um so yeah, no real thoughts of like leaving a forever home. Yeah, like <laughs> I, I, I was just talking to a friend the other day about um, Vegas. And I was like, you know what I love the most about Vegas? And they're like, what? I'm like, I think it's the Amsterdam of the U.S. It's the place where the most things fly. I think that's Florida, dude. No, I said, I think it's the thing where the most things fly on all sides. Which I think that's why I love it because it's really a place where it's your choice. So, for example, um, I don't like to get political or anything like that, but just to kind of paint the picture. Like, <laughs> I don't like to get political, but I'm about to get. Political. No, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say what my positions are, but I'm just gonna say what the <clears throat> what the landscape looks like. Nevada is a place where you can defend the LGBT community with a gun. Those are on two opposite sides. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, that's how cool it is. That's why I love Nevada. It's like, literally, you choose. You, like, what all America has to offer on both sides, I think everything is legal here, right? It's like, oh, you 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 believe in abortion? Cool, you can have an abortion here. At the same time, you can also own a, a gun, you know? And it's just like, it's it's like going down both sides, left and right, whatever their arguing points are, Nevada's like, yeah, we'll do both here. No, it's like no questions asked. Oh, you like um, you like a very good, like well taken care of infrastructure, like really smooth highways, freeways. We, we even saw those like teenage crisis zones, right? Where like, oh, if you're in trouble or like you're about to be on the verge of homeless, come here. Like the safe haven. Yeah, like their safe haven, like their like welfare system <clears throat> is really good, right? At the same time, no state income tax. It's like, what the fuck? Because California is is the whole reason why they go like we have a we have a very well supported welfare system because we tax so hard yeah but nevada is literally like you go down on both the list on both sides and somehow i don't know how they do it everything is they're able to do on both sides when you think when you when when the way it's pitched in the media is that they're on polar opposites yeah yeah they can't coexist but it's like everything coexists here and i think that's what makes me um like it so much yeah and so um Forever home, it's, I don't know, we're, we're chasing after it. We don't know if that'll be it. But so far, we really, really like this state and the city. Yeah. Now, a word from our sponsor at BetterHelp. 
How well would you take care of your car if you had to keep the same one your entire life? Like really think about that because that's how our brains work. So why don't we treat them the same way? How we care for our minds affects how we experience life. So if your mind is in a bad place and I've been there, almost everything that comes at you is taken in with a negative light. And also opportunities that come become problems, you know, but when you're in a positive place, you can have problems and you see opportunities. So that's why it's important to invest time to take care and make sure that your brain and your mind is healthy. And there's plenty of ways to support a healthy brain now, like learning a new language or taking power naps. And there's also better help online therapy. And I think this is freaking amazing because I truly believe we're in an age where technology has advanced past our biology. Like back in the day, you just know a few of your neighbors, you might know some local news, some big like nationwide news. But in this day and age, like the amount of stimulus you get is bombarding. Like on, on your Instagram feed, you can already just have thousands of stimulus. You have bad news here, bad news there. Um, constant overload, sensory overload. And that is the new age that we're in, right? So I think what we can do is we can't really change that. But we can do is help us process that, which is why I think it's so awesome to have better help, which is online therapy because you make it convenient. You don't have to go in person and take time out of your day. So just as quickly, you can sign up for appointments and um, they offer video, phone and even live chat only therapy sessions, which is freaking cool. So you don't even have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. And it's much more affordable than in-person therapy. And you can be matched up with a therapist in under 48 hours. So that's really soon. So if you need help processing anything, boom, BetterHelp can help you right then and there. And it's always a good idea to bounce some ideas off of someone, especially if your ideas are negative and especially if that person is a professional. So our listeners get 10% off their first month at BetterHelp.com slash get close. That's B-E-T-T-E-R. H-E-L-P dot com slash get close better help dot com slash get close to get 10% off your first month. Next question. Ooh, Raymond Cloud wants to know fitness is important to you, but is there a point in your life where fitness has failed you? I can go first too. Uh, yeah, go first. Never. Yeah, same. Cause I'm like, Fitness never, it only makes you fucking look doper, perform better, healthier. I don't, yeah, I don't know where it would be bad. So fitness, and uh, I'll zoom out a little bit, uh, Raymond Cloud, uh, Ramen Cloud. Um, mm, Ramen Cloud. Yeah, Ramen Cloud. So I'll zoom out a little bit more. The actual definition of fitness is uh, your physical ability to adapt to the endeavor at hand. Yeah. That's a person's fitness. So there is fitness to guitar playing. Do your fingers have callus? Do you have articulation? There's fitness to rapping. Can you enunciate when you're saying all of these words over the rhythm and talking them, you know? That's fitness. Do you, do you have enough mouth fitness to to like do something that Buster Rhymes can't? If you don't, then you're lacking. Or Eminem. Yeah, then you're lacking yeah, in the mouth fitness area. So that's what the actual term of fitness is. Uh, when it comes to the fitness that he's referring to, I'm thinking he's talking about gym, gym right? So in that regard, that is uh, how well your body reacts to exercises or to the external like sports or athletic endeavors that you have for me that very definition is impossible because the whole point of working on your fitness is to be a better vehicle version, yeah. version vehicle of yourself to do bigger and more fun things so i think in that regard that's how i approach fitness the fitness industry on the other hand um, if he's referring to this, I'm not, or he or she is referring to this, but if they're like talking about like insecurity 
or I'm trying to get down to a specific weight. And then so I starve myself mm. in an unhealthy way. Like the fitness industry Got is a it. completely a cool different. Yeah, it's a completely different endeavor. But that's not how I view fitness. I view fitness based off the definition. How well adapted is your body to the endeavors you want to put upon it? And for me, that's why I'm always training for something, you know? So if I'm like, um, if I'm going to have a powerlifting meet, strength is number one. If I have a marathon to train for, cardio is number one. When I'm doing my maintenance, my maintenance is to be the most well-adapted dad possible. So I'll do like lots of bear crawls, lunges and stuff because I'm like, okay, being a dad to me is if Taika wants to get on the ground, crawl through shit, that's me. I can't be like, oh, my back, whatever, you know? So fitness also to me is um, one of the few things that's so objective where you literally troubleshoot parts of yourself and you go, how do I make A better, B better, C better? formulate a plan execute on a b and c look at the results it, did it really make a difference yes rinse and repeat no take that out the box jumps didn't really make me a better dad or make me a better squatter or whatever or it did and then you know so that's why i love fitness and it has drastically improved Same. my life even like even like the libido right like the sex drive all of that we were talking about all of that in an earlier question and i think um well i don't think i should stop saying that but yeah, fitness is nothing but positive. Like it doesn't ever really take away, unless we're talking about like injuries and stuff. But that's all still very pre preventable. Like, and it's part of the game. Yeah. Um, like I actually really enjoy injuries because, um, like, I don't look forward to them. But injuries, it's one of those things where, like, let's say you injure your shoulder. Now you are in, you're exploring a different mindset that you've never explored before. How right. do I rehab the shoulder? Yeah. And through injuring it, I learned way more about my shoulder anatomically. And then how do I strengthen it through its range of motion? Like I learned so much more as an athlete when I actually injure something. Yeah. So if we could zoom out a hundred percent, then it's talking about failures, right? Like that is considered a failure. And then it's like, how do you overcome this adversity? Yeah, exactly. And that's literally so adaptable in life. Yeah. And even with fitness, it's very adaptable in life because it's this discipline that you have to have to continue to do something, even if you hate it, especially if you hate it, you should be doing it. Yeah. Or even if it like uh, medically, they say you need to stop, but life doesn't stop. Like, how do you keep pushing forward when you have adversity? Yeah. Yeah. Safely. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And, and yeah, like fitness applies to so many aspects in your life that's why i'm like when you when i heard that question i'm just like i have never seen it be bad for me like if anything it's a giving thing you know because remember like i i one of my things was i fucking hate running i fucking hate running i hate it right and i'm like oh shit i think what life teaches us is anything you hate is what you have to do you have to do it you have to do it and then so i was like fuck it this year, I need to run four miles comfortably without giving it a second thought. No hesitation, complete it. And I was able to achieve that. And now I have this confidence of like, yeah, I can run. You want me to do 10 miles? Fuck, it's going to be hard, but I know how to get there. And I have this confidence that I'll be able to achieve it, you know? Yeah. Um, and it and it also builds that, the confidence, right? Because you're leaning into shit that you hate. It builds discipline. It builds routine. It builds so many things i could keep going on and on and on about all the benefits of fitness and training and all that yeah so yeah i've never seen a bad thing come from it yeah me neither never ever failed me okay uh next question from hello trong hello pressure to have a second child and thoughts yes big pressure big big pressure what's the big 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 pressure the my biological clock you know, like I feel like um, the human race has evolved so much and we've gotten so smart that we've been able to build medication and lifestyles and and look into science to prolong our, our life. But the biological clock, the woman's, you know, window of which of where she can have a kid. Yeah, we've probably we've we've probably extended it a little bit, but not without a lot of the risks that are included in it. Right. Yeah. So like my biological clock, although the, you know, 30 is a new 20 is it's that's it's still the same thing as it was in my mom's era and my grandma's era and all that. So I'm like, fuck, I'm right at the cusp of like, yo, bitch, you getting old as fuck. 
to have kids. Like I'm right at it. Like I'm staring at it. It's like right there. It's in front of my fucking face. But you're also face. very healthy and you take good care of I yourself. I am, but like. And I take good care of you too. <laughs> we we do. We are. We're very healthy people, but like, you know, your eggs are old. Like we're born with our eggs. They do smell bad. <laughs> yeah, our eggs are in our body from the day we're born, you know? So like. They've just been chilling, you know, and every time they cough now, there's a little dust coming out. You know, they're not as like vibate, vivacious and vibrant and happy and chipper as they were when I was like fucking 15. You know what I mean? So like that pressure is definitely there because I feel like I haven't even scratched the surface, uh, the surface on things that I'm trying to achieve. I feel like I'm barely getting a grasp on who I really am. And I'm like really loving like I loved myself before and I love myself even more in a different way that I'm like, fuck, I'm not ready. Yeah, the one you know? makes you want to have one. Why don't we just call it, call it a day here, so you can continue exploring who you are and falling more in love with yourself. Um, because that's gonna be a continuous thing for me. Like, mm. I don't ever see. It's kind of like a relationship. It, it is a relationship, right? With yourself, yeah. Relationships, they should never just stop. You yeah. should never just be complacent in a relationship, and everything is, is just a straight line. That's that's not a relationship anymore. That's, that's just two people coexisting. Yeah. Um uh life is like ups and downs and turns and fucking sidewinds and shit and and relationships are the same way and relationship to yourself should be the same way. you should constantly be trying to evolve evolve who you are and like how you know you view yourself and who you want to become and um and and like i was saying in a uh in a i think i said this in a different podcast but we're all products of the people we meet you know so like you're you should never be the same person um so because of that i know it's going to be a lifelong thing that i am so looking forward to because i love change um but to answer your question as to like why don't i just stop is because you and i we've had this discussion too where we we live in the now but we also live in the future 5 10 20 30 40 years from now and we'd like to see what that looks like right because whatever decision we make in the present is definitely going to affect all that shit so like right now I'm feeling this pressure and I'm going, oh, I don't want to, but what is that going to look like at a, you know, at Christmas, you know, and it's, it's, we're in our eighties and it's just Taika and we're like, Ooh, I don't like, I love him and I don't want to disrupt that relationship that I have with Taika and, and like, he's such a special dude that I'm like, Oh, I don't want another kid. You're perfect. You know? But then now imagine if he has a brother now and he has someone he could lean on. Like there's just so many things to consider, man. Yeah. That that's where the pressure comes from. Yeah. Because it's like one is very selfish. I guess both are very selfish, right? Because I don't have to have another kid. Yeah. But now that I do, I'm trying to be selfless for Taika, assuming that he wants another kid yeah. or a sibling. Um, I guess it, it all comes from a selfish place. But I think I think I know what's best and, and how I feel about it now will not be how I feel about it later. 10, 20, 30, 40 years ago. Yeah. I mean, from now. Yeah, for me, I think my only pressure is just you. Where uh, if it happens, I think it happens. It was meant to be. It's in the cards. But if it doesn't happen, then it's like, it's like it's really cool, you know. And I like what we're doing now because I don't feel so. I put this pressure on myself that I just talked about, but I don't feel pressure from you, and I really do appreciate that. Even though I know you are on my side, going whatever you want. Ultimately, you know what I want, which I know you want another kid. Yeah. But if it doesn't happen, you're not going to be heartbroken. So I understand Especially that. Especially since our first model is really cool. Yeah, he's he's pretty rad. If we had like a fucking whack ass first one, I'm gonna do. We need a second. We need to make up. For I don't us. think we would ever have any whack ass kids. Really? You know what I mean? We're not whack ass people. Oh, fine. Whack ass people have whack ass kids. So don't be a whack ass person, and you'll have a fucking rad ass kid. You yeah, Tiger's fucking cool. I'm, because a, I'm his number one fan. <laughs> he's fucking rad. <laughs> I don't. Yeah, if you're rad, you're gonna have rad kids. Like I don't ever see not rad people not have rad kids. Um, so if you have whack kids, it's because you're fucking whack. <laughs> um, what was I going to say? I think you said it. Oh, that, yeah, that, like, the, that, uh, the pressure is more so, I lost it. I was just talking about how fucking whack people can be, and they blame their kids for being whack. Nah, right. fool, you whack. Here's another one. Hall of Juice wants to know, how do you deal with toxic family members? Ooh. This is a really tough one. So, um. I think I have two main toxic family members that don't even know they're toxic. And it's my mom and my dad. And it's not even their fault. Because I don't even think they're toxic. They're not toxic. I think toxic is like really dysfunctional and like um, like a toxin, right? Like it's, 
It's, but I don't it's think like toxic a, people know they're toxic, though. But I don't think your parents are toxic. You don't think so? No, I just think they're hard to deal with. But I don't think they're toxic. Because they're not trying to um, unintentionally sabotage anything. No one is. I don't know. Toxic people unintentionally are like, they're just, they come in and you're just like, fuck, man. There's going to be drama everywhere. I know, but they're not trying to. They don't even know that. All right, fine. That's fair. You know what I'm saying? That's fair. I got it. Yeah. I think if there's toxic and then there's bad intentions. True. Right. I think toxic people, they're the ones that are like, oh my God, everywhere I go, there's so much drama. But they don't know they're the ones causing the drama. You know what's something funny that I've been noticing? What? And uh, never mind. Go continue, and then I'll I'll tell you later. <laughs> okay. So in yeah, the podcast. Tell you later in the podcast. So my my mom and my dad. To me, because um, I also think toxic is subjective. Fine, I'm gonna tell you. It seems like you really want to know. <laughs> okay, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> so you know that that really popular eye thing is coming back, like what, like the evil eye, like you put this eye thing, like a pendant or something, or earrings, like you wear this eye, and it's supposed to reflect deflect any negativity or toxic okay so fine that's a a it's a piece of jewelry now that it's i mean it's an old thing okay but it just made its way back in okay right and like people mainly girls will wear this like like if they have like an eye to do to like get rid of like bad vibes or like evil intentions or whatever like that's what it's supposed to do ward off all these bad things right okay but i've noticed that the people that are always wearing it are usually the fucking toxic people Oh, so like I've seen this pattern of people that wear it religiously and I'm like, bitch, you need to face that shit at yourself. So my mom's one of them then. Does she wear it? I mean, she has her versions of it, her her Buddhist versions of it. Yeah, I've just, you know, like it's been a coincidence. Every sharp corner of the house there's some sort of mirror to reflect bad vibes or, you know, it's just just a Buddhist version or her feng shui version of it. Yeah, no, but I guess I've just specifically seen it with the eye. Oh, yeah, I'm talking, I'm zooming out more than that. I'm like, that represents this, and my mom has that in her own way. Oh, my mom has her mirror thing too, but she's not a toxic person. Same shit then. All right, whatever. You know what I mean? It's just everyone has their own. Just stop asking me for the cheesemas then. Uh, Everyone has their own bug repellent in their own way. True. Right? But then they're not realizing that they're the ones attracting the bugs. That's what I'm saying. Am I attracting bugs? It could be. I don't know. That's so true. Yeah, so. Yeah, so my mom and my dad, and also I'm saying that toxic to me is subjective. It is. Because it's it could be cultural, right? Like the Asian tiger parent. Yes. Um, it just doesn't work here because over here it's all about pursuing your own passions, like fulfilling your and own it, identity. It appears to be toxic. Yeah. Over there. It's stellar. That's normal. It's good parenting. It's normal, yeah. Like everyone's doing this so it works in that world. You're not a lazy parent. And then if you take the American passion-pursuing culture, you throw it over there and you're going against the grain, you're a toxic person. Yeah. Wait, you want to, for your own personal uh, gain, you want to disrupt the collective? Yeah. And that's my answer. What? That. Understanding where people are coming from. Yeah. So for me, toxic is also subjective, right? Like it's not, toxic is only for this specific circumstance. So for me, because I'm I grew up American, my parents' uh, ways are toxic to me. It might have worked in the past, but they have to adapt if they want to be in this new culture, uh, new type of uh, interaction and environment. So for me, how I've learned to deal with them over the years is to set boundaries, not in a confrontational way, but to always state what is happening how it affects me and what the consequences are and also not in a vengeful way. And, and it's not been emotional. Not emotional too. Like uh, not backlash, not state. Because sometimes you're emotional and you're, and you're, and you're, you're just like, aggressive. you're just saying shit. You don't even know you're saying it in a bad way. Yeah. And what's been amazing is um, I've seen a lot of change in my pops, you know, just by me like having sit downs and like trying to explain to him like, oh man, when you say things like this, it affects me like this, but this is where my true intentions are. So almost trying to like, if I pull the curtain aside and people can see another perspective behind it, it helps them go, oh, because people don't know what they don't know. So they're always just going to always see it from their own point of view. But when I've been able to share other perspectives, um, that's how I know my dad's not like toxic on purpose because he's not holding on to his egotistical beliefs. He's like, oh, that's what I thought. But now I see something else. I get where you're coming from. Yeah, I think that's the only way you can coexist with family members is if they're willing to see that. Yeah. Because if they're not willing to see that, then they're truly toxic. Then they're truly toxic. Yeah. And that's not your responsibility. Yeah. Anymore. If they think their way is the way, even upon 
new evidence, I think that's when it's toxic because now it's no longer no now it's no longer them trying to ma make the relationship work with you. Now it's just I need you to see things my way. Yeah. And if you're not down to see that and if you're not comfortable with seeing that, um, then it's not your responsibility to change that. And that's hard, right? Because a lot of us grow up going, hey, blood's thicker than water. Yeah. You know, like no matter what, you guys have to have each other's backs and this and that. And you should like show up at everything and this and that. And there's like a lot of fucking drama because of that. And yes, blood is thicker than water. Um, and at the end of the day, like even with my toxic family members, I'm going, hey, if they're really in an emergency state, of course, because because they're my family, I have that loyalty and that responsibility to them to support them no matter what. So if they're in a situation where they have no one else and it's an emergency, I have your back. But beside, like on a day-to-day -day shit, we're just not going to see eye to eye. And I'm okay with that. Um, but if you're trying to be negative and, and bring and like have me bend and twist in your fucking world, it's not happening like that. Yeah. Yeah. Because that means there's no respect. Because I respect you enough to see shit your way and, re and, and like abide by that. And go, okay, fine. I'll hold your shit up to you. But I, I want the same thing. Yeah, so I, I, same thing that you just said. There's boundaries. Yeah. And also, sorry. No worries. And also, I think it's really important to have a non-emotional, open, vulnerable conversation. Because if you're like, if you think you're having a conversation, but you're yelling and you're heated and this, it's like, nah, you're not even ready to have a conversation either. Yeah, because you're speaking from your own past hurt rather than speaking from a place from of like yeah from a place of let's arrive at a new solution together yeah. yeah no if you're if if you're getting um rolled up then you're not making any progress either yeah cool uh channy dot lith wants to know what are some of your most valuable advice to young parents Oof. most valuable advice so much can i tell you what i think my one of the biggest things I learned is of course I realized that um, there is no right dot but everything is on a spectrum of a bar and you need to find the balance of that bar per kid um, but looking for the greater good so for example I just actually had this epiphany yesterday. Cool. I haven't heard it yet. Um, and it's uh, when, like, you know, for Taika, we let him choose whatever clothes he wants to wear, right? In the morning. We actually all from the it. shit that I buy him, which yeah. is all fucking swaggy as shit. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but the main thing is choice. Yes. Right? He has choice. <clears throat> so that extrapolated can become selfish, can become uh, entitled, can become everything serves me, right? On that same bar, you go to the other side, the way I grew up, no choice, no freedom. The You extrapolate that, it can become zero critical thinking, zero- uh, Confidence. Zero confidence. Um, but the pros is extreme obedience, extreme conformity, and never uh, going against the grain or causing a disruption. You're saying those words and I'm so suffocated already. I'm going, yeah. <gasps> obedience? So <gasps> Not going against the grain? <laughs> so my epiphany, my epiphany is there is no such thing as one virtue or characteristic purely in its state. Everything is a sliding spectrum. And so because of that, you have to consider that um, every pro has a con, every con has a pro. So all you're trying to do is help find that balance for the kid to produce someone that's not entitled, but also zero confidence. And then through your own narrative and helping them create their own narrative, they understand where that uh, thing goes. So for example, in the morning, um, we let him have choice, pick whatever you want to wear. Right. And he gets creative. He gets to exercise that 
But then in other circumstances, when you're in a rush, Taika, you're ruining this, that's it. And if he questions, why? How come I can't choose? Because we have to go here because grandma is waiting for us. So now like he's understanding the, the, because I think as a kid, they're, they're kind of like spot learning circumstances, right? And over the years, they start tying those two together. So now they're, he's going, oh, when I have the time, I can be as free as I want. But when I have other people waiting on me, that's more important. I just got to get the job done. So that's the biggest epiphany that I learned where I think people like a lot of the questions like, is it this or is it this? Is it this or is it this? And it's both for all answers. It's all both because as hardworking as you can push someone as burnt out as they can be, you know, it's always this. So it's kind of like learning like it's it's not just all gas, all brakes. It's you got to learn what the the balance of those are for every single virtue that you're trying to instill in your kid yeah. is the biggest epiphany um, that I learned. Because every time when I'm talking to Taika, like literally the second after, I'm immediately reevaluating the way I spoke to him yeah, and, and trying to really understand how he took that information. Because what I say out of my mouth isn't that important. How he receives it and yes. how he turns makes that his own is the most important. Yeah. So I'm always trying to reevaluate the way that I say things to go, did I say it in a way where he maximized the receival? Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, that's really good. That's a really good one. Um, so for me, I'll zoom out, zoom in crazy, and then I'm going to like zoom in in the middle. So I'm going to do a big zoom out. Okay. Okay. So for a parent, we're always thinking about how can we be the best parents for our kids, right? How can we teach our kids uh, obedience but freedom? Uh, how to be smart but have fun? Like there's that balance that you're talking yeah, about. Yeah. But we always neglect the biggest contributor, contributing factor to how that'll happen. And that's ourselves. Yeah. Um, we're reading all these books on how to be a parent, but we're never reading books on how to like fix our own shit. Yeah. We're never reading like well, a lot we, of us. We read books on how to parent yes but not how to be a parent yes and the being like your walking role model yes is the biggest parenting yeah so it doesn't matter how you speak to them it does i mean obviously there is there it, it does matter right yeah like but the to a certain extent but the bigger um the 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 bigger impact is how they view you living life how they view you talking to pe people how they view you carrying yourself um, how they like they are taking that in way more than anything else like all this stuff that like I see Taika do that I'm like hey don't do that when he's giving me attitude immediately I'm like oh fuck that's me so instead of like obviously I have to correct the behavior right because I need to teach him that it's that it's wrong and and then I have to teach him what the correct my perceived correct behavior is but then I'm also like scolding myself going like you can't you can't go hard on Taika because obviously he learned it from you, yeah. right? Like like that one fucking trope when the kid's smoking weed and the dad catches him and then it's like I learned it from you. Yeah, yeah. So that's like the biggest one. Zooming all the way out. So the way you treat yourself, the way you treat your spouse, the way you treat your friends, or like their mom or whatever, or their yeah. Um, that's one thing you really have to focus on. So before even becoming a parent, already start thinking as a parent. You know, um, now zooming way the fuck in something that really helps me with building Taika up and like supporting him and and literally just building him up is allowing him to trust me because that's the only way he's going to be able to. That's the only way I'm going to be able to effectively teach him anything. Right. Like I have to teach him by example, but then I also have to like he needs to, to know that I'm not going to do him dirty you know like a small example would be like when he was learning how to swim and i wanted him to hold his breath and go underwater that's such a daunting thing for a child yeah right because he's thinking i already can't swim i'm just gonna drown i'm gonna die yeah well he doesn't even know the concept of death but he just knows that i'm gonna be really uncomfortable he doesn't like it yeah yeah i don't want to do it it's scaly it's very scaly right yeah so then like through trust i'm like taika when have i ever like one gone against my word right because that's how you build trust if i say i'm gonna do something i have to do something and I have to stick to it. Um, um, when have I ever like hurt you intentionally? If if anything, if any discipline does have happen, then it's always explained. Like if you went to timeout and it broke your fucking heart and emotionally you're feeling so bad, I'm like, hey, this is like after the offense has happened, 
you got to pay the punishment after the punishment is done we talk about it and now we we learn from it so like i do all of these things so that i can gain a lot of trust from him so that i i can have him do what i feel is best for him yeah um and then um i was gonna do a middle zoom and i got so caught up i got so passionate about what i was talking about what's the middle zoom shit is it still trust based or no um that's a super super in super out i lost it um but yeah i think looking at yourself first and like working on all the shit that you don't like about yourself trying to heal all whatever trauma you have really trying to work on that because that will come out because having a kid is very stressful it's very is, rewarding is the middle zoom something to do with being present i lost it oh okay um i moved on to a new thought now but yeah um Oh, a super. Oh, I guess that was the. I guess that was that. I guess that was the middle one. A super micro one, then a super zoomed in one, um, would be yes, being present. Would just be like, um, just just be with them. Like, don't be on your phone. They they feel that a lot. They feel it like crazy. Um, the first time Taika, because like we're always working on our phone, right? But the first time Taika was like, he couldn't even speak yet, and he was already covering the screen. Because he knew that there was this competition happening. Mm, and I was like, wow. oh, I'm a horrible parent, you know? So like being very present, they do feel that. Yeah. And all they want, and you you posted this on Instagram, I think. It was like this boy who was wiping his tears. Yeah. Oh, I could already cry. They just want you to be there. Yeah, and I'm like, they just want you there. That's it. Oh, I could cry. It's so cutie. Yeah, like yesterday we're uh, playing with Legos. And then um, like he was like, Everything antsy. Pop, can we play Lego? I want to do this. this, this, this. I'm like, what do you want to do? I'm building. He's a little something. crackhead sometimes. I was like, you want to build it together, or you want to like build two things separate, put it together, or you want to just do it? Like, what do you want to do? Like, I just want to be over here. And then I'm like, okay. So I just sat next to him, and I was just building Legos on my own, and he just like, he just calmed down, and we're just building. We're just having a really good time, and I think all he wanted with me was just next to him. That's it. Yeah. They don't care about toys. They don't care about clothes. They don't care like about the Disneyland's. Like it's fun for us. I think that is fulfilling for us because we're like oh we're able to provide and we're, we're able to give them what we didn't have yeah but they just want you it's like the so cutie and it's like the the homeless guy with the dog you know like the dog but people think oh the, the dog wants the <laughs> organic food i know they, they, we always they feel want, so bad for the dog they, they, you want you want they want like oh the, this dog my dog only eats whole chickens or like it needs to have like this whatever like crazy tempur mattress or whatever yeah. and then but some of the happiest dogs are with homeless dudes because they're just with them. <laughs> they're just chilling the whole time. They're like, here. Here's they're sharing fleas. Yeah, they're sharing fleas. Sharing, <laughs> you know, they're both taking a bath in yeah. the gutter. Like parenting is really easy, right? But it's easy. It's one of the easiest things and one of the hardest things. Because it's like you really have to fight yourself from all of your own shit. And it's just like be there for them. That's all they want. They just want love. Yeah. I think uh, we have one more, right? Yep, we got one? room for one, one more. more. God, why did I get so emotional? I think I just love Tiger so much. You do love him so much. All right, I got a couple of questions. Let me see which one's a good one. Uh, let's, let's end with this one. Okay. Fuentes Chris's response is, who made the first move? We all know this. Who? Me. All right, we're moving on. Next question. <laughs> Next question, because I'm irresistible. Uh, Big Wayne 91 wants to know, is times 100 entrepreneur mentoring or life in general? Big Wayne 91, uh, times 100 is life in general. And I think the way that I created the class, so uh, for those of you guys who have been following the times 100, thank you so much. It's a mentorship group that I created. And I didn't want it just to be kind of like a free flowing one. Although there is kind of like that Q&A section at the end of every single one of my classes. Uh, I wanted to really get on paper the way that I approach life. Because I think that's the most important. The way you approach life is the way you're going to approach fitness. Is the way you're going to approach business, career, being a student, um, being a romantic partner and everything. So for me, I like to start big and wide. And what's the framework for that? And then you can utilize those skills and specialize in each specific way. So times 100, I have a whole curriculum I wrote out. It took me like six months to get really all my thoughts down on paper. And it's a eight-week course. And uh, 
by the time this podcast comes out, I think it's the last week, actually. Um, it's last week for class number one. And uh, yeah, we go through eight weeks of the way that I like to structure and problem solve and think about things. And I, I developed it from my time in like the military growing up in, in a very disgruntled, like gangster type of childhood with going to college, um, fitness, combining it with my over 10 years of entrepreneurship, combine all of that into this is the framework that I think I've been living myself and that has helped me uh, gain a lot of success in a bunch of different endeavors in my life. So that's what it's about. So there are people in my life, I mean, uh, in my mentorship class that are already entrepreneurship and they're taking that and adapting to whatever they're doing. There's also people that are a student too, taking that and adapting it to school. So it's all regards. Um, if that's something that you guys are interested in, you can go sign up. Um, I won't have the next class probably until August, um, but you can sign up at times-100.com. Just put your email in and we'll let you guys know when the next class is. Ooh. Yeah, no, you're a great, you're a great mentor and you're a great teacher and you have like the best analogies because there's sometimes like I love bouncing, excuse me, ideas off of you because like I'll, I'll be stuck and I think I'm, I'm a pretty smart person um, and I like do work out a lot of my shit. Um, but there are those times where I'm like, fuck, man, I'm stuck on this thing. And then you'll say like the perfect analogy and I'm like, oh, that was perfect. That was genius. And I hate complimenting you, but I Thank guess you. I have to. And I also, I personally learn the best from stories. Like I hear someone else's story and I'm like, oh, wow. And that helps it apply to my story. So in the Times 100 group, um, because it's such a direct life, live interaction where people ask a question or whatever, or they tell me their life circumstance, I, it helps me rack my brain of the 10 years. Cause I have so many stories that I haven't even shared, um, you know, on, on YouTube or podcasts and stuff because I need that inspiration. I need that trigger. So I'll hear it and I'm like, dude, I totally understand where you're coming from because of this. And I'll explain what happened. And uh, it seems like a lot of people are taking a good benefit from it, too. I love it. No, everyone that's around you is always inspired by you because of your storytelling and like your um, your ability to just charge forward in anything that you're trying to do. Like when you set your mind to something, you just fucking break down everything that is perceived to be blocking you and you're like i'm gonna fucking succeed like a motherfucker and it's very rare so it's really dope that you're like sharing these gems with other people thank you you're welcome all right well on that note these are some really cool questions um i do like these and i do want to continue to do these um so yeah i guess just stay close to our instagrams because we do we will ask you guys like hey Ask us some questions we're going to answer on the podcast. So um, it's going to be Gio underscore Antoinette and Bart Kwan. Um, but besides that, thank you guys so much for listening. Like always, appreciate you. Love you very much. And I hope it, you're having a wonderful day. Uh, and if you're not, hopefully this podcast made you feel some type of way uh, on the inside that you're like, you know what? Life is fucking good. Right now it's a rainy day, but hey, sun rainbows always come after a storm so um keep your head up and we'll see you next week bye bye, bye.